Welcome to the Then Weight Podcast, where we're bridging the gap between able-bodied and disabled people through real talk and real conversations from a wheelchair. So I've been um, checking out your TikToks and everything and all that good stuff. And cool. I'm enjoying, I think I'm enjoying this conversation. It's, I've been wanting to talk about this topic, masculinity, positive masculinity, and all this good stuff for a while. And, um, so, awesome. yes, sir. Um, I don't know if you know about the, the podcast. I reached out. Um, I do a disability uh, awareness podcast, but I like to um, just have conversations with people. And, you know, just because you may be dis- disabled doesn't mean that you don't go through and think about these type of things because oh. I know I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. You know, when I, when I think about, I say, um, just um being in a relationship and what I think society tells me that I should be um in a in a relationship. It's like I can't do all those things and it it, it kinda of discourages sometimes. So mm. yeah. I like to so again I like to have these type of conversations and um get people's get different perspectives on this on the matter. Yeah, yeah that's great. Awesome. Well, I guess um, I'm going to start. Your name is Mac? Yes. McGregor? Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome, was... to, show, welcome to show Matt McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, sir. Uh, yes, sir. And um, explain a little bit to me about, I know that you wrote a book, but mm-hmm. what, do, what do you do? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, why, why are you in this field? <laughs> Oh, well, um, well, I run a nonprofit called Positive Masculinity, and uh, it started as a discussion group, basically. Okay. I got this idea um, about when the height of the Me Too movement was going on, and everyone was talking about toxic masculinity and the patriarchy and how it had affected them. And I saw that most of the people in the conversation were women, and very few guys were participating in the conversation with the exception of a few guys that were hollering, Hey, you're trying to take our masculinity away. And that's, you know. yeah. but uh, you know, not many guys were talking about how that old traditional model of masculinity has also limited us in a lot of ways and, um, and hurt us. And that we should, I thought we should be a part of the conversation and a part of creating a healthier model for everyone going forward. So I, you know, got a buddy of mine to, and, and, you know, asked him if he'd do this with me. And we started this discussion group. And the idea was to get a lot of different types of guys together, different backgrounds, different ages, different uh, life experiences to get together and, and talk through this and try to, you know, grow and learn and create something healthier um, to move forward. And that's what we did. So we've been doing that about, we've been doing the discussion group about four and a half years. Okay. And uh, and so after starting that for a little while, we decided to form a nonprofit. And from the discussions each month, when we have this discussion group, we have a topic mm-hmm. that we cover. And so through that, that's basically what led us to writing the book is, is, you know, going through the things we discussed in the group and, and uh, the things we learned and, you know, like uh, how to, how to create healthy masculine friendships. One of the chapters in the book is about 
us being able to cultivate and create healthy masculine friendships. Um, for instance, that just gives you an idea. Uh, communication, you know, among like guys communicate a lot of times masculine people communicate a little differently than women do, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, but what holds us back uh, and how can we do better and learn to communicate in a way that's healthier for our relationships? Um, you know, so we, we, we've like practiced active listening and, and learned about active listening in our group just uh, to become better communicators. That just, just some, you know, some of the topics we go over. So I've been running this nonprofit, right. You know, writing, writing the book was quite a project as well, <laughs> of course. And uh, I teach workshops as well on this uh, all over to corporations and different groups on gender socialization, how we were socialized around gender. You know, the modeling and the messaging we had of how you're supposed to be a man in the world or how you're supposed to be a woman in the world. (laughs) And does that serve us well today? You know, I understand that. I I was having a conversation with a a buddy of mine the other day about about masculinity because I was telling him, you know, I was having you on the show, and um, and we got to talking about that. And he was like, "I don't even really believe in that that word. It's like it's not really a it's not really a word, masculinity." Um, yeah, we have what we had back in the day, but now it's just like we got talking about gender roles and things like that. He's like, "I just don't believe in masculinity in that way anymore." And I was like, mm-hmm. "I, I kind of agree with you." Um, yeah, just in that progressive. Uh, being progressive, and I was going to ask you, um, um, because you were talking about at the beginning, guys was like, you take my masculinity away. Right. And it's just like, so what is that? Like, I mean, <laughs> I, I understand what it is, but it's like we live in a different world now. It's, it's not the 60s, the 50s, and 40s. It's like right. Um, women have more rights and this and this and that, but it's like, why, why do you think we still want to live in that that time, I guess, of, of mm. masculinity. I, 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 I'm a guy, I feel like I'm a masculine guy. I, mean, I still use the word, and I feel like I'm a masculine guy, but at the same time, it's like, it's time to move a little forward. Like, we can do stuff, make and cook, and make and do this and do that. It's not a woman yeah. can do those, and women can do things, you know. So why do you, why do you think that people still kind of want to live in that time frame? Mm. I think people are very resistant to change, you know? <laughs> for one thing, it's the only thing that we know we're going to have. We know change is a constant, right, in life, and yet people resist it a lot. I also think it's part of the very fabric of our society mm-hmm. is people think, you know, we've got these gender roles figured out. It's something I can count on. It's something I understand. And then when we throw all this new thinking in there, it, it kind of messes with people's equilibrium around that. Yeah. Um, you know, it makes people a little nervous, right? Sometimes change makes people a little nervous. <laughs> I, I agree with that, but like sometimes change is, change is good. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And hopefully one day we'll, you know, we'll get to that place, right? Where it doesn't matter. You know, one of the questions that has come up in our group that's so interesting, and I've talked to groups of people all over about this and ask them to describe what masculinity is without talking about any body part. (laughs) And it's really hard for people to come up with something because every time somebody says something, like one guy will say, well, well, masculine people are more mechanically minded, for instance. Mm -hmm. And then somebody else will speak up. 
yeah, but I've got an aunt Sue who she's the one in the family that can fix everything, you know? <laughs> so you're like, right. There's always something you, you can debunk it. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and, and that's what my buddy was saying. So I was like, you know what, that, that makes sense. I mean, this, I just, you know, I understand that. And yeah. So yeah. I feel like we got to move, um, move past this. And so looking at your thing, you are the, uh, the ginger sensei, right? So did you come up with that name, or did or did or did somebody give you that name? A friend of mine gave me that name, and that comes from I have a long background in the martial arts. Okay. So yeah, I I was uh, I, I was on the you know U.S. karate team for many years. Mm -hmm. I'm in the martial arts hall of fame as both a competitor and a teacher. This is my fifty first. This is I'm I've been training for 51 years in the martial arts now. Oh, okay. I started when I was six, okay. so um, and I won the U.S. fighting title at 17, the U.S. lightweight fighting title. So I've had a long, long history in the martial arts. So when I started teaching about gender, my my a good friend of mine who's also in the martial arts said, "Well." You're now the gender sensei. <laughs> and I went, that is catchy, right? Yeah, like... <laughs> that is very catchy right there. And the word sensei, for those who don't know, in in J Japanese, it just means teacher. And it's not a, only for the martial arts. I mean, if you are in Japan and you go take a piano lesson, this will be your piano sensei, right? It's your piano teacher, right? So they use that word for any type of teacher. I got you. Yeah. And how does that... What are those, some of those principles in learning karate and things like that? How does that help you today in doing what you oh. do? God, it helps me so much, you know, being a lifetime martial artist like I am. There's so many good lessons I've learned. Um, one, I talk about in the book, and I teach in the group all the time, and, and I'll, I'll read you a quote from the book, and I'll say how this relates to the martial arts. Rigidity is nothing to celebrate. The ability to stay soft and agile when we face adversity is extremely valuable. So one of the things people say in the old model of masculinity, you know, they say, well, the guy, guys are stoic, right? Mm -hmm. They're, which, is, which is like a rigid thing, you know, they're like, you know. And so as an athlete, rigidity, if you're rigid, that's, you're going to get injured more often. Yeah. Yes, right. Mm -hmm. It's the person who's agile and flexible that doesn't get injured as often. Mm -hmm. And when it's not just we shouldn't just think of that physically, that is also an emotional thing. If we're rigid in our emotions, we're going to get hurt more. Right. Mm -hmm. If we're more flexible and can flow with change in different situations that happen, you know, there's a book Dr. Susan David wrote that's called Emotional Agility, and that's part of what she talks about. Uh, she doesn't relate it to sports like I do because she's not got the athletic background. <laughs> but when I read it, it made total sense to me because of my athletic background, right? I was like, yeah, rigidity is never something to celebrate, right? right yeah, you're right about that. And yeah. I definitely agree. Um, always be up to change. Oh, for the good, I, I believe. Um, but... Well, and, and, you know, I also grew up in, in um, 
Florida, where we, you know, I grew up with around hurricanes mm -hmm. and, and it's the, it's the more rigid trees that get the most damage in a storm, the flexible trees like the palm tree, right? Yeah. They don't, they don't have as much damage from the storm. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we can see this all over, you know, so it's just a reminder and, and the martial arts teaches to flow, right? It, you know, it's the same thing, you know, of the, of the car accident, right? If, if the person, the person who doesn't get hurt is the drunk person in the car accident. Why? Because they're, they stay soft. They don't mm -hmm. stiffen up. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, so it's just a principle in life that we can learn from, you know, to stay more agile and flexible and be able to, to flow uh, in life better. And so that's something, uh, you know, we talk about in communication and just in our emotions and, and in life, because we're all going to face life changes. I mean, I talk, I have a whole chapter in the book about thriving through life changes, because, I mean, that's something we're going to face, right? We're going to sometimes get sick. We're going to get older. We're going to, things are going to change, right? Yes. Relationships change and all that. So, yeah, staying flexible is, is important. Yeah, I was having a conversation um, with somebody the other night, and I think this, it may go along with being flexible, but I was saying, like, I I feel like everything is, in relationships, like, either, you know, we die or get a divorce or break up, like, everything mm -hmm. is, but um, I can't focus on that. I just focus on it here and now, so, like, if I want to be around you, I'll be around you, I, I enjoy the moment, and, but... One day we're not gonna we're not gonna be together. Whether you know we break right. up or get married in death, you know, yeah. it's gonna be a time where we're not together. So right. I'm gonna enjoy the time, whether it's two weeks, twenty years, fifty years. I'm gonna enjoy that time. And then when it's in, I knew that I, I enjoyed every moment with you, and yeah. you know the end is the end. So I think mm -hmm. that's a little. I think that's how I look at being flexible and things like that. I, I understand that things can end, but at the same time. I know that I want to enjoy this moment with you or, you know, even right. friendship, platonic, platonic relationships. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's important with your friendships as well. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So I, I think that's me being flexible and how I look at it being flexible. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. There's so many ways, right? <laughs> yeah. But I, I just, I just know for me, like growing up in a wheelchair, like there's a lot of things that society, I think I got discouraged because society tells you, mm. you know, society gives you this fairy tale, this, uh, an illusion of happiness. And this is right. what your man is supposed to be look like. And this is what your wife is supposed to look like. And, mm -hmm. you know, in the, in the books and the movies, um, I pretty much the only thing I think of close to my situation is Beauty and the Beast, <laughs> you know, um, mm. you know, I, I don't see a lot of people in wheelchairs, you know, now I do, I, I go on social media, but growing up, like, there wasn't a lot of, uh, uh, not interpretation, I, uh, what is the word I'm trying to use? There's not a lot of, I couldn't see a lot of people with disabilities having true love and living a happy ever life. Yeah. So yeah. that was very discouraging um, as a kid. You know, when of I got course. in the dog, you know, obvious, obviously I learned it doesn't matter. I just get your confidence up, talk to people, like, don't let things stop you. But, um, yeah. and then that whole, like I said, the whole masculinity thing, I believe that I, I am 
masculine, but it just mm-hmm. some situations in life that still kind of get me. And I'm like, but am I like, am I the right, you know, pick for this person? Like, can I provide some and, and yeah. protect my family mm-hmm. the way the next man can? You know, and it, it, it always gets to me. So it's just like, I'm very, like I said, I'm very excited for you to be on the show because I like talking to people about this. Yeah. And, you know, there's a I, I call it masculinities mm-hmm. in the book, because I think there's more than one way to be masculine. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, if we look at if we look at all, you know, forms of masculinity, you've got the extreme athletes. You know, you could take uh, LeBron James or you could take The Rock, mm-hmm. you know, Dwayne Johnson. You could take these tough guys. Right. But then there's Fred Rogers <laughs> over here. Yeah. You know, that's a very different form of masculinity, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he's more intellectual. He's much more tender, right? Uh, and not afraid to show that he's tender. So th- those are all valid forms of masculinity. And then there's a whole lot in between that, right? Yeah. <laughs> in between those two extremes. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I think it's good for us to realize that, that, uh, that I don't know how old you are, but the way I grew up, you know, it was always the tough guy was the man's man, you know, the John Wayne type of guy, the tough, you know, (laughs) that was what you were supposed to want to be like. Right. But there's many ways to be masculine. I mean, look at Bill Gates. He's not a tough guy. He's a really intelligent guy. He's an intellectual guy, still a masculine person. Right. It doesn't mean he's less of a man because he's not over here bodybuilding or, you know, right. right? And I think, I think that's what we need to, realize and make sure that we make a better world for young guys growing up that they don't feel like they have to always be this tough guy because that's exhausting for any of us nobody <laughs> nobody can be strong 24 7 right we're human too <laughs> you're definitely right about that um we are human. so what is your definition of like Yeah. Yeah. You know, I actually say in the book, I teach the difference between toxic with what I call toxic and traditional masculinity. Mm-hmm. I think there's a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, definitely we can, there are certain things we can look at and say, this is definitely toxic, like rape culture yes. uh, is definitely toxic, not respecting consent at all is toxic right that's toxic for anybody it doesn't matter what gender they are that's just toxic mm-hmm. um and and but i think traditional masculinity is like old-fashioned values and they can become toxic if i try to force them on other people but if i'm just living my own life with those traditional values and not trying to push them on others i don't think that's toxic but if i start judging other people because they are not living up to my traditional values that can become toxic, right? Because then you can start bullying them and, you know, it can lead to other things. So I think, uh, you know, toxic is, is, is anytime I try to force the way I want to live and the way I believe on someone else. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And that's anything. Um, I have my beliefs in, you know, whether it be religion, politics and things like that. And I would never right. force my, beliefs on anybody else so i it's like I, I really get offended when somebody's like they're saying well this you're an idiot you're dumb because you believe this way and i'm like well yeah I, 
well, I could say the same for you, but I didn't. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Well, if you want to go that way, like, I, I believe so differently from you, and I can just uh, put you down, but you are just, you. are you. That's your perspective. Yeah. You know, we didn't grow up in the same area. We didn't grow up having the same thing. Like, our experiences. Lives yeah, experiences are, yeah. Lives are totally different. So I, right. can't, I can't get mad at you for believing in mm-hmm. a way that I don't, it doesn't line up for me because our, we may have the same core values. There's a lot of people I disagree with, and we have the same core values, but like, yeah, I agree. We just, we don't have the same perspective in life. So it yeah. differs. It, it, it um, is not the same in some ways. That's right. Saying, and people, a lot of people don't understand it. And I feel like if people got that, it'd be a, a little different and people would be a little bit more, have a little bit more empathy. Yeah, I totally agree. I also think if we're secure in who we are, mm-hmm. we're not threatened by somebody that's different from us or that thinks a little differently than we do. You know I mean? mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think that's what's true. Well, I'm a, I'm a, that's why I think it is really about like being true to yourself. Like I know mm-hmm. you talk about that, being true to yourself. And like I said, it, it was a long time. And I keep going back to my disability because that's what I can relate to. And, and yeah, of course. When I accepted who I was, I'm like, look, this is me. This is who I am. Yeah. I got to accept it or I can't accept it. I want to be happy in life. I want to just be, my main goal is to be happy. Yeah. So I can't focus on, I get self-validation first. Mm-hmm. I got I to appreciate myself first before anybody appreciate me because I can't yeah. rely on, Matt, you give me a compliment. I can't rely on you giving me compliments for me to be happy. I got to give myself compliments. I got to validate myself first. And, yeah. So I, I and when you learn how to do that, you it doesn't matter what anybody else think about you. So that's so true. I, I I really I totally agree with that. And I think what you're doing is, it's 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 so great because young people that are disabled need to see, like you said, you didn't have that growing up. Like you didn't have role models to look at, right? And I think it's so important that we like show young people that we can be happy and be who we are right, <laughs> you know? right. and live a good life you know so, and doing that like people talk bad about social media and things like that but social media does a lot of good like it does i didn't start to change i remember on facebook i mean i was on instagram one night and i was like there's got to be something better than this like yeah so i just started looking up disability things and i started seeing people men and women in wheelchairs um, just out there living the best life, relationships and doing things. I'm like, they can have that. I can have that too. Uh, I mean, yes. I can work at it. And I'm at the change of mindsets. Yeah. But I can have the same thing. And so, I, for me, I'm always gonna appreciate appreciate social media because of that. And yeah, it's helped a lot of people also find community, right? They couldn't find community before. Yeah. Like before, we had this when I was young, growing up. I mean, you you you've you couldn't find, you know, other people like you, you know, if, yeah. if you lived in a small town, especially like you were just, you know. Like. And I'm in, I'm in Cleveland, Tennessee right now. So it's like, it's a small yeah. town, small conservative town sometimes. And sometimes I like it here because I just enjoy it. I'm, I'm, from, I'm originally from Maryland. So, okay. Um, but, you know, I went to school out here and I ended up staying. I moved yeah. back, I moved back up north for a couple of years and came back down and, it's a small conservative town and that's fine. And I, I enjoy mm-hmm. it here, but and I have a little 
community here. Um, I, I go to, I talk about this on the podcast a lot. I go to a cigar lounge. Oh, nice. And it's been, that community has been a godsend for me. Yeah. You know, they support me and we talk about things. And talking to my buddy, he was like, man, you need to be writing some, down some talking points. And I was like, you know what? I wouldn't even think about that because we talked, to, we talked about a lot of things like social security disability and things like that. Mm, yeah. We just talked about working, me working and, and disability working, things like that. And he was just like, we just talked for about an hour before anybody else came back there and sat with us. And I was like, man, this is, this is so great. Yeah. So, and that, those group of people have helped me out and yeah. spoke life into me a million times. So, I enjoy that community. So I, I know how important it is to have community. Yes, it is. And, you know, that's one thing, honestly, that, that we as masculine people can learn mm-hmm. from women. Women do friendship better than we do. Mm-hmm. And, I'll, and I, what I, I'll tell you what I mean by that. Not that guys don't have friends, but women are better at talking about real things with their friends, about what's really going on inside, Right. Whereas guys tend to talk about sports and work and surface things, yeah. right? And not talk as much about what's going on inside of us. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, I think we need, we just need practice at it. And some of that is because of that old masculine messaging of we don't want to admit if something's going on because it may show weakness or whatever, if we're sad or we're depressed or we're, you know, going through a hard time, right? Um, so we just need to get rid of that and we need to, because, because healthy friendships and those kind of close friendships are, are part, a part of having a healthy life, right? <laughs> having yeah. a thriving life. Yeah. And I, I, I think that there's been, um, uh, we're making progress with that. I think there's, mm-hmm. there's guys, I, I talked to, um, some of my buddies and, you know, if I trust you, if I feel, I'm, I'm all about connection. So like, yeah. either whether it's platonic or romantic, like, I'm actually going to probably, in a platonic way, talk about my problems more than in a romantic way. Um, yeah, that's um, good. But with, with, my, with some of my buddies, hey, man, this is what I'm thinking about. This is what I'm going through. Yeah, you know, that's like, great. Um, I, I try to make it a point because for me, talking about things, like, even if I'm, like, trying to work through something and I talk about it, like, oh, I got it. You know, because when you're in your head a lot, you can't solve a problem. Yeah. If I'm going through something, there's plenty of times I've been talking to a buddy about something. He's like, oh, man, I got it now. I know yeah. what to do. I got to yeah. do it like this, or I got to do this, or I got to do that. And it's like, working just, even fixing, I got, I'm messing around with my wheelchair right now. One of my power chairs are down, and I'm like, talking about something. You're like, oh, I didn't check this out. Let me go try this right. That was the yeah. problem right there. You know? And, yeah, it helps you process <laughs> Right, it helps you process it when you can talk through it with somebody. So that that I realized that, and once I start realizing that, it's like, all right, I gotta talk through my my issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but you shouldn't talk to everybody. I don't believe you should talk to everybody. Right. I agree. But if you trust somebody enough, um, they talk to them about it, and I, I'm, I'm yeah. with that. And, yeah, I agree. I think discernment is important, right, about who you talk to, because you want to talk to people who who um, care about you and who have your best interest at heart. 
you know, when you open your heart up like that and talk about real things, you want, you want to talk to somebody who's going to be supportive and want, want the best for you. Not, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely right about that. So, um, because I, here's the thing. I, and then I want to talk to you too, um, because you like did not profit and things like that. And, mm-hmm. and I'm interested, I'm interested in taking like the then weight kind of brand into like a nonprofit to in kind of mm-hmm. business and like av- being more advocate. But I'm like, I, I struggle with how to get my foot in the door mm. in, in, a, in a way. So how did you go when you did this? What were some of the things you made you like just want to uh, start a nonprofit? Like what were some of the little things that was just like, all right, oh, I did this now, you know? Yeah. Well, I have done a lot of, I've been on boards of other nonprofits. And so I have a, a, a lot of experience in working with nonprofits. So I understand, I had a, a lot of understanding of how they work. And um, so that helped, that has helped me a lot. Uh, and then I wanted to make sure that this work would be able to be accessible to everyone, not just a certain amount of people who could afford it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I wanted to be able to, you know, I'm trying to develop a program to go into high schools and teach young guys. Cause I think if we can get young men to understand these concepts earlier, they won't have that pressure, that peer pressure to, you know, think they have to be a tough guy and that violence is the only way to communicate and that kind of thing. I think we can help uh, them a lot. You know, the highest rate of suicide is among middle-aged men. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, because of trying to live up and hold up these man masks that we're told to hold up forever. And you get to a certain point, you're just exhausted and you you don't feel fulfilled at all. You know, your life was supposed to be great if you held these man masks up, but you get to a point, you're like, no, it's not great. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I wanted to make it accessible to everyone. So that's why I went the nonprofit way. And uh, we're still a young, new, new nonprofit. So, you know, we're growing and, uh, and, and, you know, but my goal is to make this, you know, much more accessible, this gender education so that people can, well, it's like peeling back the layers of social conditioning so you can be yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's freeing. That's all you want to do with being life is free. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, when we were when I was growing up, you know, there was like even certain hobbies and certain jobs that you were like, well, you're not supposed to do that if you're a guy because that's a woman's thing. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, like think of male nurses. Mm -hmm. There's still some scrutiny around that, depending on where you live. Right. (laughs) It's kind of different regionally, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and and, you know, there's all this. I had a one of my martial arts students. Uh, was a girl, and when she was little, she asked her parents to take martial arts, and they told her that's not for girls. So they wouldn't let her take martial arts. When she went away from the home and went to college, her college offered a martial arts class, and that's when she started. Now, if she would have listened to that socialization by her parents, she'd have never tried, right? She'd have given up on it. But she became a great martial artist. I mean, she was very natural. She's a good martial arts teacher now. And she would have never known if she'd have listened to that message. Yeah. You know. That's a good, yeah, that's a good thing. And I, I think, hopefully, I, I'm always, uh, 
I'm a little pessimistic sometimes, but <laughs> I'm more optimistic <laughs> in that. But I, I hope that we're moving past that. Um, yeah, me too. Socialization type of thing where, you know, this is a girl thing, this is a boy's thing. And right. I, like, I'm, I'm all about the world being happy. That's why I say I, I like to bridge the gap between able bodied and disabled people because if we understand yeah. each other, like, there's so many disabled things. There's invisible disabilities. There's vis visible disabilities like me being in the wheelchair. And like, so yes. even with somebody that has chronic pain that can't walk and walk right. on, and you get somebody that's going to walk up to them and say, you're not disabled, get out that you know, mm -hmm. car. And it's like, well, if you'd ask me a few questions, right? <laughs> you, yeah. you would have known that I needed to use this chair. And those are the type of things that I just want to get past because I feel like I can't get mad at you if you didn't know. Mm -hmm. But if I, if you get educated, educate, and I educate you about some things, That's and you still true. want to act like that, then I have a freedom to judge you. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, no, I get what you're saying. <laughs> totally, yeah. You know, I was like, I can't get mad at you because you didn't know. And, and so, like, even if I was to say something to you and you were defended and you like, and you educated me, then I could say, well, I apologize, Matt, or, yeah, you know, I got two ways to do that. And yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we just have to educate each other. And I, so I, I, I appreciate the work that you're doing. Uh, with Thank that, you. Um, because I, it's a good thing. I mean, I remember going to see my brother and my, uh, my sister-in-law was in, they're both in the Navy. He just got out, but, you know, he was home majority of the time. So he did cooking, cleaning, things like that. Mm -hmm. And she come home and, you know, it was, the roles were kind of reversed. But yeah. My brother is a very masculine guy. Yeah. You know, she going to school. He had, he's like, I want her to, she working, I want her to come home and feel comfortable. So she can mm -hmm. come home eat and get to doing school work and things like that. And it's just like, yeah. it's like those type of things work. And you set up with your partner and, so totally, I yeah, totally agree with that. Like, yeah, it's no such thing as gender roles. Like, let's, you know, whatever. But you know, you know, even within our own country, even within the United States, it's very different according to where you live, right? Because mm -hmm. I mean, I grew up back in the South in the Bible Belt, and it's very different still there. Um, you know about what you can do as a man and what's looked at as manly or not, you know, and people will ridicule you quicker in some of those areas. If you don't, <laughs> yeah. if true. you don't stay in your lane, so to say. You know? True. You're right about that. There's still conversations I go to. I'm sitting and I hear people talking and I'm like, yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I get what you're saying, man, but this is, this is like, you're being too extreme about it. Like, yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm always in my middle, and I I understand people, I understand what people say, but it's like that's not how it works anymore. Like, yeah, you can still have hold your core values be core values, but this is this is not part of that. You know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, I mean, but I bet you in anybody's life, if they push back on you, if you talk to them enough, something in their life, they they're gonna. They're gonna to reveal to you that they agree with you. <laughs> Something that I, I I I promise you. There's times I've talked to people that will probably push back on a lot of things you said. Yeah. But if you take a situation in their life, yeah, they per, they agree with what you said, and 
Oh yeah. All you have to do is hear somebody talk, and it will reveal itself. They will, they yeah, you can find itself. common ground. Yeah. yeah, you can find some common ground. Yeah. It's it, it funny, and if you reveal it to them, and they will still push back on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's That's like I sit there. And I'm so I'm a quiet person. Like I don't sometimes like why do I even do this podcast? Because I'm very quiet. I don't care to talk that much. I just listen to people talk. Mm. And I'm like, you know what you just said? You agree with what I just said, right? But, well, no, no, no. This is what you said. <laughs> 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 you know, and so, but, and that's what people are just setting their ways. And mm-hmm. It's like, it is scary to get out of that because you grew up. No matter where you, no matter where you're from or, or background, you grew, you grew, mm-hmm. you, you grow up in a, and this is how it's supposed to be, and you're kind of scared, right. different from that, and it doesn't matter where you're coming from. So, but I yeah, that's I, one of the things. One of the things I ask people it, to think about is how much of your own thinking mm-hmm. is really your own thinking, mm-hmm. or how much are you just parroting what you grew up with and what you were told that you haven't really gone back and thought through for yourself right? yeah. yeah you're right you're definitely right um i know i want to ask you about you said bro i, I think this might be the, my last question or the last like little section but like what are, what are your thoughts on like and i uh alpha males and beta males and sigma males like i, I hear a lot about that in uh red red pill uh that red pill movement is it yeah yeah what are your thoughts on that like um like uh there's a big guy named andrew tate Mm -hmm. and um another guy i actually like his not all the time what he said but his some of his message um he just passed away uh recently and i can't remember his name oh yeah uh Trying to remember his name too. Yeah. Um. Because I joke with a friend of mine. I'm like, oh, I can't remember his name right now. What is his name? Um. Oh man, I I'm gonna I have to edit this out of the. Um, <laughs> uh, because I gotta look him up. Um. Cause I need his name. If it's gonna be, trying to find keywords to see his name. It doesn't matter. I'm worried. Well, the word you know. Let's let's go back to the word alpha in alpha male, and that word basically means dominant. Yeah. You know. Uh, and I and I don't think every guy is made that way. First of all, I mean, some people are. It's not. It doesn't matter what your gender is. Some people are born to be leaders, and some people are are not. Right. Um, and and so I don't think just because you were born male, you automatically, mm-hmm. you know, when you say alpha, it's a dominant, it's a leader. Um, you know, is is basically what it means. And I think that's more of a person's. How their personality is i don't think every every guy is is meant to you know conquer and and you know also if you're a leader and you're strong you don't have to tell everybody 
Yeah. They'll know it. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't have to hang a big sign over your head saying, I'm alpha. <laughs> right? I definitely agree with you with that. Like, some things don't have to be explained. Right. We always joke in the martial arts, if somebody's really a good fighter or a warrior, they don't have to go around barking about it. You know, saying it, mm -hmm. right? people will just know right that they're yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's about the way they walk in the world right <laughs> i yeah yeah i agree with you um i i like to call myself alpha but that's just me but i i i, I don't really like confrontation so i will try to get around confrontation if i don't have to now i will do it um but i think that's the only reason why i don't think I would call myself an alpha is because you, like, I guess you feel like you alpha is like want to have confrontation or whatever like that. But like, yeah, if you say there's many, many ways to be masculine. And I feel like there's many ways to be an alpha. Like, yeah, I feel like an alpha really doesn't want to have confrontation if he doesn't need to have confrontation, but he's not scared to have confrontation. Well, that's a, that's a wise alpha. <laughs> that's a, that, you know. yeah. One of the things I've always told my martial arts students, right, is the best way to win a fight is to not get in a fight. Mm -hmm. And yeah. <laughs> it's like work smarter, not harder, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. You're right about yeah. That. And, and, you know, the art of Aikido is the art of redirecting. The Aikido, mm -hmm. um, it's one of my favorite arts, but it is the art of redirecting energy. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not like fisticuffs, you know, you don't have to do that if you learn how to redirect somebody's energy. Um, if somebody comes at you aggressively, you can redirect that in a way. If anybody who's, who's watched kids, if you have kids or nieces or nephews you've watched, you know how kids can get all wild and then you redirect that energy into something better, healthier. So they don't, yeah. you know, yeah. It's the same thing, right? Yeah. And, and one of the, th the problems with the alpha male model is I really think some of this is what keeps men from having better and healthier friendships because that means we're always competing mm -hmm. for who's top dog, right? Who's the top guy? It's like king of the hill game. We have to play our whole lives. Mm -hmm. So if we're always competing to see who's the toughest guy, who's the strongest, who's on top, who makes the most money, whatever it is, you know, that we're competing for, who gets the prettiest girl, whatever it is, right? Yeah. then it's hard to let our guard down to have real friendship mm -hmm. if we're in that constant battle, right? And it keeps us from collaborating more. Yeah. Which we, we're going to be so much stronger when we can, you know, you're strong in some areas and I'm strong in others. And if we collaborate, look how much stronger we are together, right? <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I agree with Jay. Um we got to stop focusing on competing with each other. I, I was having another buddy of mine. He was asking for some help because he's trying to do some business, mm -hmm. um, helping out like elderly and disabled people. So he was trying to get my, what's call it? And he was like, say, man, I could work. I'm joking. Like I could work with you, man. I, you know, I could do it. He's like, he's like, man, I, I just want everybody to eat. Like I want all my friends to eat. Yeah. I think I want my friends to make it too. And that's the, mm -hmm. I think that's the mindset that we should have instead of like saying, nah, man, you do your own thing. And, right. You no, know, it's like, I want, I want you to eat too, man. It's just like, if I yeah. make it, you make it. And that's, a, that should be our mindset. So. Yeah. That's one of the, one of the, um, 
pitfalls of a capitalist society is it becomes very in individualistic where you know we're all fighting for our own and not community minded like and and you know i think that's where it's gone a little out of balance yeah you know like capitalism in itself is not all bad right but when we when we when we have for only a certain amount of people hoarding most of the resources and so many people then go without it it is it does become bad right yeah well, we could have a whole a whole episode on capitalism. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, we sure could. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and capitalism that. encourages that alpha male mentality of that king of the hill all the time, right? That um, fighting for the to have the most, the guy with the most toys wins, right? Yeah, you know? and, yeah. Um, which is cool, but the uh, things work better when we work together. That's yeah. right. Um, we'll be looking out for each other. That's no fun too because I got to look over my back all the time yeah. to see if somebody goes stabbing my back, and I, I just don't want to do that. I'd rather just work and, and work together, and we can live comfortable. Like well, and our communities are going to be healthier if if and if we lift everybody up, if everybody can thrive, if everybody can do well, you know. Um, and and I, what I want is healthier communities. You know, yeah. Most yeah. definitely healthier, safer. Because yes. Um, if everybody's doing something well and contributing, it's safer. People don't That's like right. to do bad things to, to eat, you know. But yeah, I'm not gonna go into all that because, like I said, we could have a whole oh, we sure another, like, 45, 60 minutes on that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I agree. <laughs> I, I thank you um, for joining me today. And, uh, yeah, thanks. I, I enjoyed this conversation. And before we get off here. Um, Plug your information in. What do you want to plug? Yeah, well, here, here's the book, Positive Masculinity Now, and it's available on Amazon and Kindle and in print. And uh, early next year, it'll be available in the audio version. Oh, yes. I will buy when it's in audio version. Okay, yeah. I, I have a lot of friends. That's the way they listen. That's the way they take books in. Yeah. Yep. It just I, takes more, uh, more time. You have to go into the studio and do all that. And we're working on it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we also have our monthly virtual discussion group. It's free. Anybody can join. We do it the second Tuesday of every month. And you can go to positivemasculinitynow.org, our website, and find out about that and find out about how to join it. Um, and we're right now having an essay contest, our first ever essay contest. And we have age, different age groups from 11 years old up through adult. And the essay is, a, is to have people write about a positive masculine role model in their life and how that role model has impacted their life. So we're very excited about that because we're trying to shine a spotlight on positive masculinity, right? On guys that are doing good things out there. Because, mm -hmm. of course, when we turn on the news, we hear a lot of bad. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we want, we want people to know there are good guys out there doing good things as well. Right about that. Yeah. Well, uh, I appreciate you for being on the show. And, uh, appreciate you. Thanks. You have a good day. You too. It's been great talking with you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Then Wait Podcast. If you believe in what we're doing, be sure to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to the podcast and check out our Patreon page. Don't forget that you have worth and value. And if you are ever in need of encouragement, feel free to connect with us on our socials.